Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Uh, today, we're doing a couple things a little bit differently. I am. Um, I'm using Teams to do both the audio and video. So um, this would be a first. I usually use a, a separate software. Um, and I'm also using the Teams artificial background. So no, I'm, I, I am still in my kitchen where I usually broadcast from. But today I've got this really cool office behind me here. Um, even more cool, uh, we have Michelle Tricot joining us. Michelle has a, a lot of experience. I mean, I'm looking at your bio here, Michelle. It says that you have over 15 years of experience um, in data engineering. Uh, you also worked as the head of integration engineering at, at uh, LiveRamp. But 15 years, I mean, you look like you're still in your 20s. So you started in middle school or? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a good question. I get that a lot. I have to be with my kids sometime so that I don't get carded. I, I right, look very right. young, that is true. <laughs> but uh, no, I started like everybody else after college. <laughs> okay. And um, where where are you based now? So I'm normally based in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, but, you know, with COVID and, and everything, we are spending uh, a few months uh, in the Palm Spring area. I have two kids. I don't think they liked being stuck at home for so long. And You know what, Palm Springs is... Here. Yeah, Palm Spring is excellent. I um, I was there twice in the last what four months, uh, doing road trips between here and Arizona, and uh, I would stop over in Palm Springs. Beautiful weather in the winter time, and uh, I do a lot of cycling, and there's some cycling around, and and so on. So uh, no, that's a great place. Um, so let me just jump back into your background here. Uh, after working with with LiveRamp, uh, then in in 2020, you co-founded Airbyte. Um, which is a new open source ELT standard for replicating data from applications, APIs, and databases. Um, well, congratulations on being a co-founder in a startup. Thank you. Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us what Airbyte does in 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 language that we can understand? Of course. So, if you're thinking of today, uh, like the data landscape has changed a lot with how fast and accessible data warehouses and data lake have become. And what has happened because of that is now you have new roles that can actually be very data savvy. Uh, the problem is right now, these roles still depend on data engineering and engineering team to be autonomous. And what we are, what we are solving with, uh, with Airbyte is basically how can we help data engineering so that they are not a bottleneck and they are not under constant uh, requests from these new roles like data analyst, data uh, scientist, analytics engineer, and we give them the tools to enable these new roles so that once Airbyte is up and running into your data infrastructure, you have this new role that can go connect to Airbyte and start creating their data pipeline from any places where they have data, whether it's a SaaS service that they are using, whether it's an internal API that they want to pull data from, and just making that uh, seamless and uh, yeah, give a lot of autonomy to get the best insight to these roles. So I'm going to back up a little bit before I talk a little bit more about uh, Airbyte, but I, I I understand that there's a kind of a paradigm shift or a process shift from ETL to ELT. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then we'll get into the specifics of, of what Airbyte does. Yeah. So 
when you're thinking about ETL, or so extract, transform, and load, or ELT, extract, load, and transform, transform is synonymous for business logic. So it means this is when you apply your business logic on the data. The problem is when transformation happens between the extract and the load, you are injecting bias on the data. So it means that after making the data available, this data is biased uh, because you had a use case in mind. So it means that it is limited to very few uh. use cases. Whereas, and if you want to enable these new roles, they might have other things they want to compute. They might have other insights than the one that were planned for. So instead, when you're shifting to ELT, then suddenly what you're doing is you're giving access to all of the data. You might have additional tools on top of that for cataloging to understand what the data is, but you have the whole data. So it means that now whoever is coming on a project wants to look at the data, can decide what matters to them and how they want to leverage it. And it also allows to create connector that can be reused across many places in the organization, whereas before each connector was specific to a use case. And now you can start having more general purpose connectors. And that's why like open source at that point makes a lot of sense. Okay, that, that sounds pretty clear to me. Uh, <clears throat> let's let's talk now back to, to Airbyte. And I, again, this, you know, this show is secure talk. So every most of what we talk about is in the context of security. So whenever possible, try to weave that into the conversation. But for now, um, I know that you can pull data from many different sources. Um, can you give some examples? Uh, yes, just give some examples. Yeah, so I would say one of the most popular one is going to be your internal database or your internal databases, whether it's a Postgre database, MySQL, Oracle. And people, what they want is they want to give access to application data into their analytics workflow which generally lives in warehouses or, or data lake. So that's one use case that is very popular. The other one is customer, like for, for customer uh, type of analysis where you might have data on Zendesk, you might have data on Salesforce, you might have data on Google Analytics, and you want to, I don't know, create some multiple attribution model. And for that, you need to have information about your user where, how do they interact with your product? How do they in interact with your website? The thing is this data is spread across all of these different silos. And that's when uh, Airbytes come into play. It just breaks down this silo and centralize that into your warehouse. Excellent. Um, and then, I mean, you kind of, I guess already mentioned it, but um, can you give some concrete examples of, of, of various destinations that you're already you know, plugging into? Yeah, so for, for destination, a lot of the focus has been on the main data warehouses. So BigQuery, Snowflake, Redshift. Uh, we do also Postgres uh, and Data Lake. We are working on the Delta Lake uh, integration at the moment. And we have one initial uh, um, integration, like destination, that is not really in that realm, which is more like a search engine. Uh, it's, a, it's also an open source project. We needed it for ourselves internally to mm -hmm. replicate data and make it searchable. So we have a connector to push each of these records automatically to that search engine, and now we can search it. So, And 
it's open source, so anyone can add the destination and the, the source of that they need. Excellent. So maybe, um, I mean, you, you kind of already gave the, uh, the contrast between ETL and ELT. Um, let me let me back up. We're going to jump to security in a second, but let me back up. Why? What problem or what unique approach is Airbyte bringing to the table that some that another organization isn't? Because I mean, if you're going to go out and get funding, you must have had a really good story. So yeah. what's what's that story? So, you know, when we started on Airbyte, what we've done is we've interviewed uh, existing customers of the of existing solution. And every single one of them, so we interviewed like 50, uh, 50 companies at that time. And every single one of these companies had a parallel system in addition to the ones they were paying for. So once we realized that, we just digged more, we just dig more into like, why is that solution not enough? Right. And there are a few reasons. First one is these solutions don't have the connectors that they need. You can, as, as a... Uh, you can, as a single company, you can only handle a limited number of connectors because there is a very high cost in the maintenance of these connectors. So in general, what you will see is like between 50 and 150 connectors, and that's that's basically all. Uh, so what happened when you don't have the connectors? Well, you build it internally. Now you also had problem with like how the connector was behaving. So sometimes it was not pulling all of the data. There were some missing models uh, or missing records. Uh, and at that point, what they would do is just recreate their own connectors on the site to get access to that data. Uh, so starting a connector from scratch. Uh, third one was around some type of data sources were too sensitive to be sent to a third party uh, infrastructure. Right. So if you want to connect your financial database or your user database that is used by your application, this is generally a no-go for a lot of companies because suddenly you're extracting and exfiltrating data to someone else and you have to trust them. And you know, with CCPA and GDPR, like all these uh, constraints that is put on data, now companies are becoming very, very self-conscious that they have a huge responsibility toward their customers and internal data. And the last one was also pricing, which when you're buying one of these tools, what you want to do is to save on engineering. And because most of these tools charge on the volume, there is a moment when you are limited by how much you can use the product because the cost won't be, you won't be able to justify this cost. And so when that happens, you're just going to spin up a team or have a few engineers to work internally on building these connectors. And like volume-based pricing is usually very counterproductive when you're dealing with data because you generally need 100% of the data to make right. your analysis, but adding, like doubling the amount of data is not going to double the insights the that you get, the quality. Right. And right. so the, the value doesn't grow as the, at the same rate as the volume. Uh, so that's when we, we come in play where, yeah, we, we want to solve like these four different problems. That, that's, that's excellent. And, and I'm glad you, you actually brought up the, um, the point of sensitive data and some of those regulatory bodies like GDPR, et cetera. So um, how does um, Airbyte help organizations to uh, be more secure and be in compliance with some of these regulatory bodies? Because you know, security and compliance are very much related, but not completely the same. So, but 
Yeah. So um, Airbyte is an open source solution. So first of all, it means that you can install it on your VPC or you can install it on your infrastructure. So it means that now you have the control of where your data is going and who has access to it. So that is that is the first step around security. Is like your data is going to be as secure as your internal data. Um, in terms of um, in terms of the, the 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 compliance, so this is still something that we need to really figure out to see exactly what kind of feature we need to build around compliance. But the first thing is now, because we have access to all these data sources, we know where a user record is stored. We know that this user record is stored on Zendesk, on Salesforce, et cetera, et cetera. So we have these insights, and this is something we want to build within Airbyte to know, oh, if you want to remove that particular record or if you need to pull that particular record, Airbyte will be able to help you because we, we are connected to all your data sources. Um, and uh, yeah, and security-wise, I mean, we're going to add more feature, more enterprise feature around security and auditing, like who has access to, like who is creating these pipelines, who has access to the credentials, et cetera, et cetera, to ensure that you don't have like a, a rogue or like a, a malicious employee that might want to have access to data that they should not have access to. Okay, no, those are th three really good points. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of the, the requirements for GDPR, for example, of, you know, full disclosure, I, want, I, I approach you and I say, I want to know what information you have about me. You know, and mm -hmm. and you have to be able to go and and actually provide a report to me and say, here's what we have, um, and here's our rationalization for having that. Now that's the business. That's not your you know your tool, but the tool needs to be able to provide that. Um, and then things like right to be forgotten. I, I say, you know what? You don't have a business case um, or just legal uh, case to retain my data. I want it to be deleted across everything. And uh, if you have to go to multiple different databases and do that, I mean, it's just I mean, think about the uh, the logistical hassles that would be um let's let's jump for a second uh over to i mean what was how, how was it you know going out and co-founding a company and, and going for funding uh what, what was that process like yeah so with john my my co-founder we uh we started with yc early 2020 they called us the the covid batch because we were there <laughs> in person and we finished uh we finished remote and we we started initially on a project that was a little bit uh, different, but adjacent, but very geared toward marketing data. And what we realized with COVID, uh, when companies started to pull back on their marketing budgets and some of their internal budgets, we realized that the product that we that we were building had some value, but it was not enough to be a need to have. And that's when we refocused toward more like deep into like the, the data stack and talking to data engineers more than uh, like the, the line of business at that point. Right. And I would say like we, for, for the fundraising, what happened is we started to just um, build a product. We have a team of great engineers that are, that I've worked with in the past. We, um, we released it end of, of September, and within just a few weeks, we got a huge adoption, although it was just a prototype. And at that point, we're like, okay, these are our numbers. This is how we are growing. This is our plan. And 
we're, we're obviously not making revenue at the moment. I mean, we have a few contracts, but they are more like one-offs type of contracts. Uh, but we are open source. We're building the community edition. We want to just enable this, uh, these engineers to have this type of software in their infrastructure. And we went to, to VCs and we showed them, like these are all the companies that have been using the prototype. These are all the requests that we've been getting from them. There is a huge traction from the market today about it. And none of the existing solution are, uh, are helping them uh, to do what they want. So I think at that point, what we did is we talked to VCs who really understood the market we're in right. and had a good insight about it. And yeah, after that, it was just showing showing the the numbers that we had and uh, and showing our progression, uh, the velocity that we had on adding new connectors, bringing new users, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how we we went for the for for our fundraising. And, well, no, uh, that's great, and I, you're in a really, I guess, I mean, you're in a fortunate position. I mean, no startup is uh, it has an easy road to go, but but you're unfortunate that you could actually show the the traction. You know, hey, we've got a, a viable product out there. It's being used, um, and we're getting that feedback, and we can start to develop based upon the feedback and and, and move forward. So, I mean, it's kind of and and from a potential investor's point of view, I, I would think think that that's much more attractive than just a conceptual sale. Oh, here's sure. the market and here's our solution. <laughs> Give us a bunch of money and we'll go build it. You've already built it. Well, the, the, the initial stages. Um, let me ask you this. So how, how many people in, in your organization now in Airbyte? So so we we are a team of seven. Uh, we have three more engineers that are gonna start uh, over the next months. So 10 people uh, working full time on um, on uh, on Airbyte, and we're also working with uh, with contractors like to help us on on the UI, to help us also on the on the on the connectors. That that's that's great. Um, I actually I don't know if you can see this this company here. I worked with them when they were about 15, um, and it took years and years to grow, and they got up to about 50, and they were just there. Um, they they changed their direction and moved from translation online translation platform into a um, an AI uh, training tool because you have all these um, an open source pl platform with remote you know tens of thousands of workers around the world you know gig workers um, and then they started to do uh, uh, AI uh, training uh, for these AI platforms and the. They, they they were able to repackage and sell the company for uh, for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, I had long long ago exited, so I have no upside in that. But uh, <laughs> but I'm saying I, I I saw it happen, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and and you know if we if we if we really look at how many full time people are working on, at the end of April will be around uh, 20 between contractors that are working full-time with us and, uh, and the core team. Yeah, everybody outsources some development and so on. Um, let me ask you this. So as a co-founder, what's your, what's your actual, actual title? I'm the CEO. Okay, CEO. CEO. Okay. As a CEO, you've got to worry about product, right? Um, you've got to worry about growth and revenues at some point those vcs are going to come knocking and say hey we want you know what are we going to do um so you got product and you got uh, development but you also have remember this is secure talk 
um, security. Because if, if, if you were to have a security issue, especially when you're talking about data, um, that would damage your reputation in the market, right? But oftentimes with startups, the focus is so much more on growth or product and things like security and security audits, uh, you know, pen testing, things like this. It's just kind of like, ah, that's an expense. It's not really going to uh, add to the bottom line. How do you as a CEO balance those three areas and, and make sure that you don't overlook one for the other? Yeah. So here I would say that this is one of the advantage of the approach that we've taken. So obviously the approach we've taken has a, has some downside, but being open source, right now we're not focusing on a hosted solution. So we don't yeah. own infrastructure. Yeah. What we do is we, like our users, are using Airbyte in their infrastructure. So right. at that point, Airbyte is as secure, and it's not something that anyone can uh, query. It's an internal tool that people install on their infrastructure. So at that point, Airbyte becomes as secure as the environment in which they run. So if there is, uh, so we've delayed the, the concern for uh, operational security by having Airbyte run on-prem and on VPCs. And the day Airbyte runs as, as a hosted solution, if we happen to do it uh, one day, then security will be priority number one. Because, you know, I, I've come from the, I was at LiveRam before uh, starting uh, Airbyte and LiveRam manages hundreds, like terabytes and terabytes of customer data. And security is paramount there. And so we have encoded some of these good practices that we've learned. Like a lot of the people from the team come also from Comliram, so they have this experience. And what do you, how do you balance ease of engineering as well with along with security? And how do you encode these good practices into your code? What do you not expose? And yeah, so today we've we built. Airbyte in a secure way, but we don't operate it. So we don't have this concern yet. Right. Okay. So you've kind of almost outsorted or sidestepped that potential issue there. Yeah. Um, being part of the COVID batch, how is that like building a company? I mean, are there people that, that you've hired that you, I mean, obviously you're not working in an office, you know, um, has that been challenging for you or is it, you know what, this is just the world we live in and let's do it remote and let's go. That's exactly how it happened. Um, I think now it's part of our DNA to work well remotely because we've been incepted as a remote, I mean, during COVID. So uh, we had no choice but to adapt and, you know, as a startup, you have to adapt, otherwise you're not going to succeed. And yeah, so we have internal ways of working, making sure that communication is uh, as asynchronous as possible. We have almost like our own SLA on how quickly we should answer to people to make sure that we always keep the conversation going mm. um, and not have like questions that remain unanswered for more than a day. Okay. Um, so yes, today everybody is remote. Uh, we actually have engineers uh, sp spread across the world, so we also have to manage uh, time zone at the moment. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that. That has been a, an interesting experience. I had no you, no real experience being remote. No, 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 no and I, I think, you know, 
you look for silver linings, right? And this is a, such a massive paradigm shift. I was in Japan when the COVID um, <clears throat> things took off, and I was there most of last year. And Japan is, uh, in many cases, one of the most the slowest moving giant countries, you know, and it, it, things are so culturally entrenched. And one of the things that is culturally entrenched is go to the office every day, regardless if you're bringing any value there and get there exactly at nine o'clock, take your lunch exactly at 12 o'clock with everybody else. So you have to go to a restaurant and stand in line for 20 minutes just to get in because everybody in the whole city is taking lunch at the exact same time. Get on the train at five o'clock with everybody else and this whole idea of remote work or, or you know work from home it was like no no you can't do it now <laughs> it's changed massively and companies have you know so that's in japan but here in the us of course you know work work from home is it was already kind of a thing but now it's spread just not just from it but for so many different businesses and it's it's massively liberating you know yeah. I don't have to do the commute. You're in you're in the Bay Area. Uh, I, you know I've done commutes in the Bay Area, and that's not a lot of fun when you're when you're working. Now you're in Palm Springs, of course, and you're working remotely. But uh, so I think I think it's great. But but there is that like the idea of a startup where you cram a bunch of people in a room and you you're there for 14 hours a day and you know that kind of thing. Um, it, is it hard to replicate that energy that uh, thing remotely? So. It is. I mean, I think when you are head down in front of your computer alone in your in your room or in your office, that can be sometime uh, you can you might feel lonely. And at that time, at that point, yeah. it's our responsibility to make sure that we keep the the team engaged, that we organize uh, the meeting at the right time for them. Uh, you know, for example, one thing that we've been experimenting with is every single project you're always pairing with someone. So you might feel like, okay, you're using, you're having two people work on one thing when normally it would be one person working on one thing. So maybe you're dividing your productivity by two. But that's actually that's actually untrue. We've re, we've verified that this is incorrect because you have always someone you can bounce idea with. Sure. You have. A uh, camaraderie that happens between this, this pair of like these two people, and you—it's a way of replicating a little bit what happens in the office while still being remote. You always have someone you can talk to. You all have peers that you can be with, and uh, I think in the end, like not, after we've implemented that, we've seen like more like great project instead of good projects. So oh, that, that, for, that's... for us, it's, it's been a very positive experience and we want to maybe roll out to the to the entire uh, team. No, that, that sounds like a great idea because you, you have, like you said, you have somebody you can bounce ideas off with. But it's also for me, that level of accountability because I, I you know, I've told you, hey, uh, I'm going to get it done by this time. And I and I want you because you're going to be more familiar with it than the whole team. But at least you're going to look at it and you'll be like, hey, you know, good work, Mark. Um, that's that's, you know, and then vice versa. So that that's a great, great idea. Um, I noticed on your website there was a coming soon uh, section, and um, why don't you tell us a little about what, what's coming soon? So, um, let me just make sure I, I know exactly what is on the coming soon, because we have, is it on the, the type of features that we, we have in mind? I, I think so, yeah, okay. and, um, and, uh, and, 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 but also coming soon could just be in general for your organization, you know, I mean, any, any big announcements, things like that, so go ahead. Yeah. 
So in terms of like the, the coming soon, we were really investing in scaling Airbyte. I think when you build a, an open source, like investing in scale too quickly is generally detrimental to your product because you're investing in a, pro, in a problem that you don't have yet. Mm. And now that we have more and more users, I think since we started, we have more than a thousand companies that have been replicating data with us. So we have seen problems with scale. And these, these people, what happened is they just remain a test user and they, we, we have conversation with them to understand like, what are your scaling dimension? How can we scale Airbyte to make it work for your use case? And so right now we're investing in having a, um, a stable version of the Kubernetes integration so that it can start spreading the load across your Kubernetes cluster. Uh, coming soon, we also have more enterprise type of uh, feature, like we're thinking SSO, uh, better internal security of Airbyte. So uh, ensuring that you have permissioning on who can do what, who can have access to the logs, who can create a new source, create a new destination, change the link between sources and destination. So everything that is, so going back to security, right. coming soon is a lot more features around security so that Airbyte is even safer to run in your, in your infrastructure. Um, and yeah, we also have Oath coming in. So ensuring that when you're writing uh, connectors, uh, you can easily support OS within Airbyte. And we also have, so this is a, 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 a coming soon is like simplifying the, the action of creating a new connector. Because, you know, why, why is Airbyte an open source project? Is because with EL, you can have general purpose uh, connectors because the business logic is injected later on. So it means that suddenly you have the ability to scale the number of connectors the, and address the long tail. So our goal is to have like 200, between 200 and 300 connectors by the end of the year. And what we're doing is we are empowering the community to add their own connectors to Airbyte and to the project so that other organizations can get this connector. And now you can crowdsource the maintenance because what's hard with Connectors right, 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 right. them is like the maintenance. And yeah. so I think that we're going to release uh, very soon is our low code framework to build these connectors so that you have less code and it's more guided. So at that time, I think we will be able to just enable the community even more and add to add more connectors. So that's, that's fascinating. Um, are there any concerns at all about using open source products um, from a security point of view? Because I mean, there, it, it's almost like that paradigm of you have to be in the office. So to get the work done, it almost has to be like, we have to control the code, um, have to have it all in-house locked up to keep it secure. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's like, if, I mean, I'm sure there are areas where you need to completely own the code, but I think open source has demonstrated that it is probably one of the safest way of developing software. I mean, almost like you have Linux, you have Hadoop, you have Spark, sure. and this is part of the data, uh, the data stack of everybody. And it's just that by having more use case, you're exposed uh, and more users, you're exposed to way more issues that can arise. It's, 
I don't think it's ever possible to write a software that has no bug and no security issue. But what's, what is going to be a problem is if you're the only user, you will never know about it. But right. if you have like a thousand people using your product, then yes, someone is going to figure it out. If it's a popular product, someone is going to figure it out because there is an incentive in finding these security issues. Whereas if you're building internally, you're the only one, nobody will know. And one day you're going to suffer from that. So I think open source is the most, is the safest uh, way to build software because you're exposed to all of that. Are, are you ever surprised, um, you know, the, the direction that your, your product takes? Um, because you know you're you're like part of this community, and at some point it takes a kind of create a life of its own, and you're like, oh, I didn't anticipate that fork over here. Yeah, no, that that's a very good point. We we were talking with one of our uh, user, and actually it's someone who's going to present their use case to one of our community events, and they came up with this, a, a a use case that we had not think thought about it. It's and, and we're an enabler, so. Right. We just give a platform and people can build what they want with the platform. And what they did was very interesting is they, I think they have a, a Redis cache or some cache somewhere and a database on the other side. And what they wanted is to prime the cache regularly, update the cache regularly, like every five minutes. And that's right. what they, they've used Airbyte, not for analytics, not for an operational use case, but they use it for priming a cache and refreshing a cache. And we expect to see more of this like, super nice way of uh, of using airbyte because we're just helping you move data from point right. a to point b so with that mission i think you can do pretty much everything you want uh and we're looking forward to discover more of this that's pretty cool so um last thoughts um or that you know that you'd like to share with the audience um and also if if anybody wants to get more information about Airbyte, of course they can go to your website. Uh, I'll put the URL in the, uh, the description, but you can share some you know contact information, uh, etc. Yeah. So I mean, you can always uh, reach out to me. Emails Michel at uh, Airbyte.io. We also very we have a Slack, an open Slack. So we are we're an open we work as an open company. So you can that's where. All of our engineers, all of our contractors are actually working. So you can see what's happening, what kind of conversation we're having. Uh, that's, and you can that, also... that, that, that's, uh, that's trippy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I mean, you know, this is secure talk, right? <laughs> it, it is, but yeah. at the same time, we are building not just a project for ourselves, we're building a project for everybody else. And sure. we want to make sure that people are engaged in the conversation when we have a tech spec we're going to expose the tech spec because we don't want to be solving something that is not really a problem or we want to solve it the right way. So it's a way for us to be, to involve our community. So if you want to join the Slack, it's uh, slack.airbyte.io. You're welcome there. Uh, and yeah, if you were testing Airbyte, that's also the place where you can uh, ask for help, ask for support, report issues. We also have our GitHub uh, repository where you, we're very, very active there. But uh, yeah, and we're about to actually publish our uh, company handbook publicly as well. So how do we think about uh, diversity? How do we think about uh, uh, like the organization itself? So mm. just so that you have a, a way of seeing how we are working internally. That's awesome. Uh, th that'll be on your uh, downloadable from your website, I assume? 
Yep, very soon. Uh, Excellent. We're, we're and there, you, at the moment. Okay, and I, you also have a blog on the website. I'll put a, um, like I said, the the, uh, the links in the description. Hey, Michelle, it's been uh, great talking with you. I I normally I would say that I'm envious because, envious because you're in Palm Springs and I'm up in Seattle, which tends to be dark. But we're we're getting into springtime here, and I'm looking out, and it's a beautiful sunny day, which means there's only like. 50% of the sky is clouds, but uh, for us, that's good. How, how is it down in Palm Springs right now? It's, it's too hot. Too hot? Oh, <laughs> no sympathy from me because most of the time I'm jealous. In fact, uh, but anyway, it's been great talking with you. I, I wish you and the rest of the Airbike team uh, and the Airbike community a, um, a, a fantastic 2021 and the best of success. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.